Welcome to the Fan Engagement Chat, the episode of the pod where we hear about someone's approach to fan engagement. Recorded in March 2021, this is a chat with Jonathan Bradley from Bang the Table. Their mission states that robust democracy requires real public participation. Our mission is to enable this participation as a fundamental pillar of well-functioning 21st century democracies by forging constructive relationships between communities and the institutions of government. The company's Engagement HQ platform provides a managed online social space to facilitate this. So what's the relevance to fan engagement? A common thread is to ensure that seldom heard and hard to reach groups are given opportunities to engage, in our case, fans. It's particularly interesting to look at platforms created by the likes of Bang the Table for ideas when it comes to moving constructive dialogue away from the very public social networks of Twitter and Facebook to environments which are more protected and enable dialogue. Anyone looking at online tools to engage with fans should listen to this, and if you want to understand more about their work, go to their UK Consult podcast, where I appeared recently to chat about fan engagement, the European Super League, and the work of Think Fan Engagement. And just to add, we have no commercial or financial relationship with Bang the Table. We just really like their platform and what they do. Don't forget, you can find out how your club did in the Fan Engagement Index at fanengagement.net, where you can also register free for the Fan Engagement Hub if you want to access more detailed data and case studies from the 2019-2020 Index. Please like, subscribe and share. It really does help our visibility. Enjoy the show. Does what you do, um, and I think really what would be really interesting for people um, who run fan engagement or involved in fan engagement. I mean, probably at a sort of implementation level, if you like, you know, when they're actually face to face with fans or online, uh, you know, particularly in these da- at, at this time, um, you know, your most of your communication is necessarily arm's length. Um, what exploring some of what makes what you do different um so get, just give us the sort of lowdown if you wouldn't mind yeah sure um so bang the table is a, um, a company that specializes in um public engagement stakeholder engagement and uh, you know would, would uh, be, you know ideally place to do fan engagement as well which you've opened my eyes to hence i'm i'm here um and we have a um we have a software called um, engagement hq so it's a platform for engagement and within that platform, there are a range of ways that people can take part. So we have like ideas boards, discussion forums, uh, mapping tools, guest book, um, storytelling, and then things that you um, probably most people are more familiar with, like quick opinion polls and surveys and things like that. And what it's, de- what it's designed to do is create um, uh, innovative and safe places for uh, participation in a way that you might do face to face so you know quite often we get groups of people in a room and they have a discussion about things and they can do that on a discussion forum we might get people in a room to share ideas and they can do that on an ideas board and that all exists in one place surrounded by what we call widgets which are effectively ways to give people information so video documents things like that and and so you can imagine um 
you know, in, in, in times like this, uh, unfortunately, where we can't get all these people in a room, um, it's a really good place where people can get access to information and then they can take part with each other. So it, it cuts out that feeling that, you know, you're, you're at the top of the table and everyone's pointing the finger at you. Um, actually, it's about having the capability for allowing people to talk to each other. Um, and so we create these projects and people are able to participate in a safe way. Um, and it's not just because of COVID-19, it's more about actually there's something fundamentally wrong with debates that take place on social media. I mean, that's not why the platform was created. It was more, it was created more, you know, 10, 10 years ago and a bit more. It was created because of dissatisfaction with things like public meetings. So the whole face-to-face -face side of things wasn't working properly. But I think what we've learned in recent years um, and what, of our what a lot of our clients are understanding is that, you know, you, those productive conversations don't really happen that well on things like Twitter and Facebook and other social media platforms. So it really helps create that sort of safe place for good, good quality engagement, I think. So, yeah, I won't say any more. OK, no, 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 that's good. Um, and and the, the key here is that it's um, it's about this thing that I bang on about a lot, which is... Um, I don't, I don't want to say the concept of fans as stakeholders because they are. Um, we can have a whole conversation about um, whether or not they're treated as stakeholders. And in truth, they're not in far too many cases when it comes to, certainly when it comes to football. And I think that applies to other, um, other sort of sports. Um, and, and this is what it's, this, this is the nub of it, isn't it? Is, this is stakeholders um, being um, listened to and engaged with over, let's say, for example, a planning process or so if someone wants to build something instead of having you know i do some stakeholder engagement work myself instead of having a meeting or a uh, you know a physical process where people come and see something and comment on it it's an opportunity to do that in a digital space and obviously in the environment we're in as you indicated in covid days covid times you, you are not permitted, not able to go through those processes. So you have to do them in some form or other. So we do it online. Um, just, just interested to know, just kind of slightly away from the tech, when it comes to stakeholders, do you, do you like me, tend to, to think that it's a word we use a lot in in... I mean, certainly I can, you know, talk about England, I'll probably talk about the UK, but we use it an awful lot. But actually, when it comes to the, to the facts, um, people, I, it's a very awkward, um, you, you often find that actually the, the acts don't match the words, the deeds don't match the idea of what a stakeholder is. You find that actually people are not properly engaged with what tends to happen is they're told something and then it tends to be a kind of public relations tool to try to work out what the fallout's going to be. And then you manage that rather than shape an idea with them, for example, which, which is what really good engagement should be about, in my mind, anyway. Taking it, perhaps taking it away from the yeah. strict confines of a planning application, which is, I want to do something, it's a little bit less able to, to, to shape that. But let's say a sort of process of engagement over a, an NHS, um, something the NHS want to do or would like to get views from, um, do you, is, is this something in general, um, you know, am I right that stakeholder, the idea of a stakeholder is nice, but actually when you see it on the ground, people, you know, a lot of organisations and companies don't really seem to know what it actually is in practice. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I've I've been involved with something called the the Consultation Institute for you know far too far too long to remember. Hence my beard. Um, but um, you know, the, we spent a lot of time agonising over what um, meaningful. Uh, engagement and public consultation was and a big part of that was the sort of like what um, the concept of stakeholder mapping so you know are all stakeholders equal uh, stakeholders are, are different who are they um, what are they interested in um, what sort of influence do they seek to have um, who do we miss out so we talk a lot about the seldom heard and the hard to reach groups and things like that. So just just by saying stakeholder, you're sort of covering over the whole complexity of it. Um, and if you if you look at fan engagement in that sense, it's almost like, well, you know, how do how do we look at, at, at our stakeholder base of of and, and actually make sure that fans have the influence that they that that, that they that they should have and. Um, if we if we thoroughly on if we properly understand them as a stakeholder, then we use the correct ways of engaging and involving them um, mm. to make sure that they feel that they have that sort of influence. Um, not not on the pitch. I, you know, I was thinking about this today. It's not like you know, it's not on the pitch influence. That's kind of that's just sort, that's sort of like football. That's football talk, isn't it? Um, and you know, and ev and everyone thinks they can be the manager. I, I I think a lot about a lot of this in terms of like the the whole the 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 whole club and um, how fans are involved in, in that and um, as and, and, and as a stakeholder that you know they should be one of the key influences of that um, and it's not a subject that I know tons about so these are just my sort of like you know immediate observations you know no no but you are a, you know you're a, I know you're a, you're, an, you're an avid fan of crew you're from there aren't you uh, sort of, yeah. I, I spent most of my uh, growing up days in, in, in and around Crewe. Yeah, yeah. But, well, Bahrain was where, was where I was born, so um, I'm a fan of the of the Bahrain Football Club. <laughs> I mean, it gets really bad, and my wife really takes the mickey out of me because I, at one point I also supported Derby County because I was born in Chadderston. Uh, there's a picture of me when I was five in a full Liverpool kit from head to toe. I've ended up supporting Man United quite a lot. Um, as I grew up, because my family do, um, but my, the club that I actually went to watch and yeah. went, went, you know, went to the away games with, got on the train, got on the away special, uh, went to Tranmere uh, when we got promoted, was on the pitch, Dario Grady's red, red and white army, give us a wave, all that, you know, we were allowed on the pitch, by the way, just in case. <laughs> um, and so I did all that. So crew is in my heart and yes. uh, the other clubs are part of my sort of like right. interest in, well, in, in football. There is, there is somewhere in my parents' house lurking a picture of me in a full Spurs kit, but we won't go into that. <laughs> there you go. Um, that's not the case. I'm, I'm certainly, uh, certainly that, that the days of Ricky Villa and um, Garth Crooks and Aussie Ideas was, was my, was, was what attracted me, I think. Anyway, let's get, get away from that embarrassing revelation from me. Um, the, 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 this is the thing okay so um you know i think actually it's really important i'm gonna um be publishing another another um a podcast very soon i think i might actually publish it publish yours and and um this one sort of back to back and that that's um with someone talking about in, internal communication and how you need to look after um your employees and kind of the your, your public face in order to ensure that engagement works um and um howard craze 
and he he's he studied this um uh and um uh, they published a published a really interesting study on it actually i think it's really important because one of the things that football clubs don't get the chance to do and i don't think it's distinct for for, for other other clubs i think a lot of what we talk about on fan engagement pod can be applied to to to, to clubs to, to clubs in you know sports like rugby league and um and rugby union particularly cricket perhaps you know even the sort of sports like basketball and and ice hockey perhaps but people don't get the time to stop and think because it's so um it, it's so hectic and um these sorts of ideas and these concepts of stakeholder and you know what's how do you treat a fan um you know the kind of you know the kind of high-minded thinking about this stuff quite philosophical things are really important because um because I think a lot of the language of stakeholder, like I said, has been used. People have, people have in the last um, 15 or so years, I have undoubtedly, and when, you know, I get angry when people say there's been no progress and no change in football, because there has been a lot in, in the time I've been in it, that people use phrases like engagement and they use, they talk about consultation with stakeholders, but they don't actually necessarily understand what it is. And I don't think it's a lack of willingness to want to do it. I think it's just needing to fill in the knowledge gaps quite a lot of time. So these sessions are really good. And as I said, the one with Howard Craze will be a really good one to put, I think, back to back yeah. with yours. But um, just coming down to let's sort of look at the, the interesting part, because, you know, we all know in the news, you know, a certain former orange ex-president, and I'm really, I don't want to talk about him because I think he's been talked about enough. But, you know, um, uh, you know, finally, um, social media companies are, are acknowledging their responsibilities, um, that they are basically publishers. They don't have a choice but to regulate. It's how it is. The interesting bit then, you know, dealing with social media for, for clubs, we've been trying to encourage clubs since we published the first fan engagement index and said, look, one thing you've got to have is a social channel where you where you listen and engage with your fans and so you can do q, q and a's and stuff like that whether you do it all the time or once a week whatever it is you know online is a really important form of engagement and outside of uh, outside of covid times it's still an important part of engagement because you're engaging with different groups of people who might also not have time to come to the stadium for a meeting you know or that kind of thing so we need these social spaces um is um you know that you got you you work for a company that runs online engagement um um software so obviously you've got an investment in getting people to, to adopt that platform but just as a sort of interesting question do you think um that the the, the, the existing sort of open forms of social media that football clubs use um, you know, particularly Twitter, obviously, but, you know, also Facebook. Um, do you think that they're sort of, that they are naturally very limited and in what they can do? You can do, you know, kind of ironically, given what they are, being social media, are they actually sort of more suited to broadcast <laughs> in a way, perversely? It, because they're so ungoverned, even when you regulate them properly, they're still relatively ungoverned. And actually, you do need much more formal sort of fences around your sort of social spaces if you're going to do proper engagement yeah I, you know I, I think I think you're right I mean I I, 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 I sort of you know 
got really into social media um, when it all first began. And I, I, I ended up going around sort of, this was before I, you know, was involved with Bang the Table, but I would be going around saying, you know, talking to, uh, you know, in, in my world, local government, NHS and things like that, saying, look at this new thing, Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be able to do free, free research and free engagement. It's amazing. You know, we, was, we were all super excited about it. And then, then slowly we all got to understand the algorithms and things like echo chambers and and, and 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 all of those things that we're now we you know we all sort of now all, all know a lot more about and it, and it was kind of a bit of an uh, I don't know if epiphany is the right word but it was almost like oh my god I've been I'm wrong um, the the online world is a lot more complex actually and just like when you invite someone to to come to um, you know the social club at Crew Alex to have a fan meeting you know they sign in uh, they understand the certain ways of speaking. That uh, they 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 naturally sort of be a little bit more considered and polite to their um, their, their their you know the, the, their fellow people around them. Um, I, not all the time, I'm sure, but you, you get the point. And I think that it's the same online. And and what we find is when you create these sort of when you when you like you know when you put a, a garden wall around things. Um, a virtual one and you invite people to come along and and take part in a, an online forum or or an ideas board or, or or whatever it is you've got set up they people do actually just want to sort of you know work together and share ideas and talk about solutions and things like that and, and a lot of our spaces are, are moderated um, so you know we have a more independent moderation policy so it's not about removing comments it's about you know everyone knows how to behave here and and we find that, you know, on behalf of our clients, we, we don't have to remove that many comments because it's almost like there's an informal threshold and people know that it's kind of like, oh, I'm at a meeting now. You know, it's an informal meeting, but they get that they're, they're going somewhere and you just don't get that um, same effect on social media. And I think what's happening is certainly with in, 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 in the areas that we work in is there's almost a, a sort of like, yeah, we were wrong to go down that path. Um, we need to create our own um, online mechanisms for engagement and we need to invite people to come and come and talk to us and um and give them some sort of comfort that um that, that they won't be harassed that it you know that it's meant to be productive so you know, i think that's a massive a massive a massive thing and you know the house of lords had a select committee looking at it um and you know it's become sort of a bit you know a massive talking point even even mm. even in the, in the in the mainstream media hasn't it so yeah, yeah. Hi, I'd just like to introduce you to Match Day Digital, the world's first football-first digital magazine platform, bringing together premium paid content from clubs' Match Day programmes, popular football magazines, newspapers and high-quality fan-produced fanzines. What a list. It gives access to a bigger choice of content for fans and for publishers, a far wider audience than would normally be available through their own print editions or digital offerings. You can download the app via Google Store and Apple Store or you can use the native web app. Go to matchdaydigital.com for more. And if you're a club or publisher, drop MDD a line. They're a lovely bunch and I'm sure they'd love a chat with you about your needs. Okay, no, exactly. And um, I suppose the, the thing that's sort of, for me, that's, um, that's interesting with this is that... Um, is is that thing of you know if you're gonna if you're gonna try to listen in amongst all of the the noise um of it all twitter has a use because yeah you know, i mean in one sense 
you know, it shows it shows a level of openness, which is, you know, we kind of expect, I think, of our organisations, of our companies, sort of our clubs. I think we, ex we, we just expect them to be open now. That's how it is. Um, so you need that in one sense to, to, to show your willingness to listen. But what we're kind of really snagging at with with um, with with open open social media, if we want to call it that, um, or open social networks, is um, uh, open access social networks. Is that you know it's like holding a meeting in the middle of a common or a park. Um, there's no door. There's nothing stopping someone coming in. The thing you've got to do is put a fence around it. Then it becomes sort of a you know it's almost like turning turning a, a group of people playing a you know playing a, a, a gig open air on a common into a festival you put a, you put a fence around it and you charge people to get in it becomes something different because you've you've reimagined what the space actually is and that that's perhaps what you know perhaps what's been the problem and I don't want to go too far down the road of starting to talk about um, libertarians and and the like but I think too many people who've imagined the internet in its in its form as it is now on the social net the social web They've imagined us all as actors perfectly capable of making rational decisions. And we all know, you know, and I remember talking to a chief executive of a club. In fact, I think it was it was on it was on the unofficial partner podcast when I launched the fan engagement index. Mark Catlin was talking about social media, the chief executive of Portsmouth, and saying, you know, people will say some pretty awful things sometimes, you know, in response to losing a match. Well, you know, that's no good for engagement. That's not what listening on social media means we have to deal with some of that as a natural part of having an open channel because that's like you know to some degree that is like the director the chief executive or whoever standing outside the the ground um you know before a match and chatting to people like quite a few chief execs do um and that's great but actually standing in the middle of a crowd potentially of two three four five thousand people is not the same as sitting down and listening to 20. And that, that's where we sort of get, we start to see, well, look, if we've managed to do this offline, you know, clubs have at the very least will have a, a you know, a good club will have a, you know, a journey from the chairman or chief executive or directors standing outside chatting to fans through to a fans forum, which is in a, in a place with rules to a supporters parliament, a fans parliament rather, which is, a, a, you know, a set of representatives of about 20 people quite often around that kind of number with a set of rules, probably more tight than a fans forum with things like non-disclosure agreements. And then you've got the sort of one-to-one -one relationships and fans on the board and things like that, which are much more tightly governed. And it's that whole sort of journey. <clears throat> and we shouldn't be scared of saying, actually, um, and, and this is what I'm concluding with this, it's what I'm beginning to kind of reach a view on is, it actually, look, yes, Twitter, particularly Facebook and what have you, give you an opportunity to be able to stand outside and chat to the ordinary fan. But that isn't the same as getting the quality of relationship that you get by having any one of those other options. And it doesn't yeah. have to be one or the other, does it? No, and, you can, and nowadays you can do a lot of that online and it will yeah. never replace the face-to-face. -face, but, no. you know, if you can imagine a fan's parliament sitting in the same room and then they walk away from that and they're able to carry on the debate and the dialogue yeah. at home on their phone. Well, and isn't this, isn't it, I mean, this is it, isn't it, that actually part of, I, I find, it's, it's quite a funny thing, actually, I find, I, have, I find it really easy 
to reimagine a social space as a real space so that when I'm saying look this is why how you speak on social media matters because it's like you're shouting in someone's face when they're standing opposite you and it can the the, the receiver of your of the way you speak to someone can, can you know and I've I've had it everyone's had it on social from the the dawn of message boards in the late 90s, early 2000s, which we had a lot of in football to, to Twitter. And it, and it, cannot, it can sometimes shake you and make you actually feel really panicked and nervous. And if you can just um, realise that um, you're having human relationships, it will make that bit easier. And if that's regulated better um, by the social media companies, then great. But actually still, we're really limited through those means and they can't be the, the, the way that we manage um, fan engagement at a club level because you know solely because you've got to be looking for that whole journey of relationship the whole set of different ways of listening like you said the great benefit yeah. of the sorts of structures about are that you're then able to yeah it's like being able to text someone 10 minutes after you've just finished chatting to them and you've suddenly thought of something else and you tell yeah. them do you know what i mean yeah. and it allows that constant flow doesn't it um, yeah. and even if you've put like put social media to one side put COVID to one side fans live their lives in a completely different way than they did 10 20 years ago and so they there, there is an expectation that they can you know take take part from the from in front of the telly um and get involved in forums and things like that and they and and, and obviously they'll be doing that anyway because there's so many fans forums and, and what happens then is that the clubs miss out on all that intelligence because it's it's happening somewhere else. Um, so give, just give us a quick view. There's one thing I'm interested, I wrote down when we were talking about mapping stakeholders and uh, mapping f fans as stakeholders in this case. The bit that's interesting is um, with, with, with um, the type of sort of managed social space that you're talking about, um, if we call it that, rather than the open social space where you can, you know, the, the, the Twitters and the Facebooks. Um, there's, there's obviously an ability then to be able to reach anyone. You know, you can reach someone in Alaska. You can reach someone, um, you know, you can reach, reach someone sitting in Cape Town, if you wish. <clears throat> There'd be a temptation with this to then think globally all the time because the internet allowed you to be global the whole time if you want yeah but actually what you've done is micro um or what you deliver is is essentially micro because you're you're not looking at um uh people living in another country you're saying so there are people local to here to this area and they need to be engaged in a in a process of engagement and consultation over a particular issue um when it comes to football clubs there's going to be a temptation to say, well, OK, because we can, we then throw this open to absolutely everyone. And we and, and mm. so the fan sitting in Malaysia has the same input to this as the fan sitting, let's say, in the case of Liverpool, you know, sitting opposite the ground in Dallas. And actually, the experience of both are very different. And in a, and in a sense, the Malaysian fan relies on the locality of the Liverpool fan living opposite the ground for his experience or her experience as a fan, because that local, that local fan creates what that, you know, has kind of has a, has a, has a, does have a more, in a sense, a more important role in creating what appeals to that person in Malaysia. So you need to have a different sense of listening to them, don't you? So is there, a, is there a risk with football that particularly the bigger clubs attempted to 
to sort of you know if they do engagement online attempted to sort of go well, well you know this will be for everyone then actually the quality around this is isn't isn't that it's geographical it isn't that it's um can be listened to by anyone and that you involve engage anyone it's actually you can use this in the same way as you would to invite people to a meeting who live around the corner you know this this isn't this isn't this this technology shouldn't bam make you think that do you know what i mean Am yeah I, I think so yeah i think <laughs> it's no and um you made me think of something that i love as well I like, so i'll come back to that but um it does it goes back to this um thing about um segmenting your stakeholders and uh, not all stakeholders are equal um, and we have you know we have to understand that in terms of their influence and their power and all those sorts of things and their interest in in the club um but things things through like um, registration um on on a platform um you 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 could actually start to say well you know uh, are you local are you where do you live etc cetera, etc cetera. so you could and in that way you could start to try and understand um you know of your of your participants where are they from what is their interest in the club so you can start to do that sort of segmentation so you can open it up to everyone but then you have some sort of discretion over like you know okay this is a very local issue so we really need to hear from people who live near the ground or this is something that's very you know this is this is not really going to affect anyone from the other side of the world because it's about the stadium you know yeah. Yeah, I, know, I know in the case of liverpool that they they did i I don't know if they still do. I haven't checked, but they they had or have a sort of local representative um, right. of fans through their sort of through some of their engagement structures. So I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah. So the thing that I love is there is Crew Alexandra Brazil on Twitter. It is fantastic, and you can, I follow you what follow the match on Twitter at the weekend, and obviously all their tweets are in Brazilian, and they get super excited when we score and. Is it? It's otherwise known. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. and um, and uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, and uh, and and yeah. I, I, you know, I think that international perspective is quite fascinating as well. You know, for, for even for like the, for the railway men. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But they are, as I say, no, no. I mean, it's it's just it's really important for people to understand that what your what you know um, in, engagement and consultation when it comes to the online world needs to be done. In the site with the same with exactly the same um uh thought behind it as as doing it in person that you need to be thinking about who it is what their inter level of interest is you know why are they why are they engaged with you on this why do they care about it do they care about this as much as that person does and if if they don't then that person there needs needs to be the person yeah. to listen. so okay. it's, uh, it's a useful it's a useful exercise for people. So can you just tell me um, where where can people go um, to uh, to find out a little bit more about what you do? And I will add, I'm not we're not being paid for this. So this is not an advertorial, um, just in case anyone wondered. Um, it's because sincerely, I've not I had bang the table recommended to me by um, by Ollie, who runs um, ECF, which is the consultancy I do some work for sometimes on stakeholder engagement. And I just really like the idea that what you're doing is challenging the notion that social has to either be, um, well, is what it is at the moment and that, and that engaging online, it can be something that's safely moderated and safely delivered. So just give people a little bit of information about where to find you and, and um, yeah. 
Yeah, sure. No, I mean, you know, uh, it's not, it certainly isn't an advertorial because um, I think we've found a, a common area of interest and, um, you know, it'd be great next time, uh, if there is a next time, to talk about the, um, the International um, Association of Public Participation. They've got a... Um, they've got a spectrum of public participation and that talks about inform, consult, involve, collaborate, empower. And, and again, just like the stakeholder mapping side of thing, that would be a really interesting thing to sort of, to apply to fan engagement. So there's probably another conversation to be had another day, but you can find out all about Bang the Table at www.bangthetable.com uh, is the best place to start. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that edition of the fan engagement pod coming up we've got new editions of buzz chat with Baz schneider where we focus on the front end of fan engagement we've just published an episode on fan journey mapping and we'll be putting a new one out every month we've also got new episodes of did they ask the fans coming soon with some big guests planned please do like subscribe and share the podcast it really does help our visibility in a very crowded podcast world search fan engagement pod yeah, yeah, yeah.